This episode of Couch Potato Salad has been recorded from a, in front of a live Yorkie poo curled into, cutely into a ball. Oh, well. Hello, my beautiful Technicolor Rainbow. I'm Jacob Magley, and you are listening to Couch Potato Salad, the finest pop culture nonsense served up fresh for your ears. And today, we're talking about... Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. Rocco's Modern Life. That was a hoot. I lie, of course. I mean, that theme song is a hoot, but I cannot sing it for shit. Really beautiful theme, though. But yeah, we're talking Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling, the 2019 Netflix special released today, alongside Season 3 of Glow, which I'll review at some point in the future. I got a lot on my plate, and me and my mom gotta finish up Veronica Mars before we get to that. Uh, but lucky for you people, there's something else I've been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for. Or in this case, years and years. I have to look it up. I've had to look it up before the show. But, yeah, this has been in the works for quite some while. It's on time. For those of you new to Rocco, some of you probably here because of the big announcement yesterday that we'll get to. Be patient. Yeah, this was was announced back in 2016, so I've been waiting about three years for this. Like, like there was a clip released all like two years ago in 2017. The schedule was set for last year. It just never came. It kept getting pushed back and. It feels less like production, more like they had the damn thing done, especially since, as it turns out, spoiler alert for the special I'm about to talk about in detail, so why am I spoiler alerting? alerting. The demo reel is basically a quick montage towards the beginning, just like getting all the various gags about the current culture out of, their, out of, out of Joe Murray's system. Um, but yeah, Rocco, for those of you, as I was about to say before I actually got confirmation, Rocco's Modern Life was a 90s era Nicktoon created by Joe Murray, but it had more like Invader Zim, which is also getting a movie this month, and several other cartoons up until present day. I mean, last episode I spent a whole little, oh, uh, almost an hour talking about about 12 forever and spoiler alert i'll be talking about infinity train sometime soon once it wraps tonight but yeah like cartoons today nicktoons had a wide-reaching gasp and rocco being what it was it was had quite the referee demographic and college kid and resonates to this day as for what it was rocco was the adventures of rock 
of, well, Rocco in his modern life. Okay, moving on. I had you there for a second. I probably didn't, but let me have this. I have so little else. But, yeah. It was about as modern or, well, 90s nowadays, but back then it was modern. Life. Rocco's your a just an average man living an average life. And unlike Rockwell, that's not 100% bullshit, and he wasn't the illegitimate son of a record producer who... Who was raised by the said record producer's ex-wife, who he cheated on to produce him, him. Nor did he, him. Nor did he go behind his dad's back. If you want to know more about Rockwell, which you really shouldn't, then please watch Todd the Shadows episode of One Hit Wonderland after this. And that promo was entirely for free and probably just cost me half my viewership, but. Not because anyone hates Todd, but because they'd rather be watching that episode again than listening to me jabber on about Rocco's modern life. But if you do want to listen to me jabber out about Rocco's modern life, let me get back on track here. So yeah, Rocco is about Rocco's was about Rocco, a twenty-something wallaby living in O-town, because Joe Murray really likes his O's, the Guamo something O. It's really snappy, and I really get dig his 50s aesthetic there. there. And getting into various misadventures. But it was most like about the travails of life, some of which really don't age. Having a crappy job with a boss you hate, trying navigating the dating world, having a crush on someone who's dating someone else, goofing off with your friends, watching your favorite show... Like, a lot of it still resonates perfectly today, and it's why it was primed for a revival, in my opinion. And around Rocco are a supporting cast. Now, most of you Rocco veterans probably know all this, but even if you don't, but there are probably five of you watching this who don't, and would be in, or who just would like to hear about what I heard, my funny impression of them. I'm getting off track again. Basically, got into shenanigans with his best friend Heifer. A big old steer who has poor impulse control and is kind of stupid. But is also... Though he often gets Rocco into shenanigans, but is genuinely there for his friend and loves him. He's also... And this is one of my favorite kind of small gags was quite literally raised by wolves. No, really, his parents are adopted, uh, an adopted family of wolf, wolves, one of which, his, which sadly are not in this film, but it's more because it was only 45 minutes and they didn't have a lot of time to pack everything about the franchise in, sadly. So I'm hoping for a revival off this, or at least some more specials, since, let's face it, Netflix needs this. And an all-ages series of specials that also get an older demographic are basically a giant flood of money for them. And they need that money storm in the oncoming streaming war. But I bitched about enough about Netflix last episode. Let's move on. Go on and talk about Heifer's family some more. And it was a really affecting episode that if I do do a full episode on the series, 
I will gush about more that already showed Rocco deals with difficult issues and part of its adulthood. Like, while it dealt with a lot of things, there were things cleverly stuck under the radar. Two involving Heifer. One had him pretend to be an elk part of, as part of a coming-of-age ritual and ended up dating an elk who dumped him when she found out he was a a steer and had his whole family back him up. The episode in one the episode where Rocco goes over to the wolves for dinner and yes, or wolves with a W O L F E again another little touch I like. That's part of why I love this show. And accidentally spoils that Heifer's adopted because Heifer is also kind of a man child. So he didn't realize that. We actually get a nice little soulful journey, and he even talks to his dad somehow through astral protection, and his dad turns out to be an asshole. That old story beat. But it shows that his family are his family, and it doesn't matter if you're adopted or not, which is a really important role for a kid's show. Like, they basically tackled all sorts of things. And like I said, the stresses of work, marriage... Which leads us to our next character, Filbert, Rocco's nerdy best friend who has a severe case of hypochondria, constantly gets into hilarious arguments with Heifer half the time, time and is always nauseous. He later made Mary. He... <sighs> Fuck my memory. I love this character. Like, since my memory is fucking with me at this point, and that's just making this harder, basically to set up this character while I find her name because my memory is a fucking dickhead, and I do honestly love this character. Basically, at one point, Joe Murray was asked to create a character with a hook, a female character to be in... Like with a hook, like a personality hook, like maybe she's sassy, or maybe she's a strong woman who don't need no man, but secretly she needs a man. Or maybe she has a traumatic backstory, and she's just kind of kooky. You know, the kind of bullshit executives like, because they don't see women, because women aren't people. Spoiler alert, women are in fact, in fact people. And I just remembered her name, name because, of course, my memory took this long. Dr. Hutchinson, who, again, sadly isn't in the special that much, but is enough to show that she's still married to Philbert, and we also get to see their children as adults, which is amazing. But yeah, Philbert got married, which, again, is part of what is something impressive about the show as Joe Murray put his foot down. Nick really wasn't in favor of status quo, changes back then and really isn't now but they are far more flexible on it whereas back then they wanted the episodes to be interchangeable so having them an arc where philbert proposes and gets married in a two-parter and the marriage comes up and there's a later arc where he he has a has kids he does he is the one who has the kids he hatches them himself one with Heifer's help, which explains why one of his kids looks like Heifer, which is a funny little gag, and it's nice that they 
didn't retcon that or anything. They kept that in. And then also relevant to the special are Evan Big Bit. Evan. Evan. Bevan Ed Big Head. The next door neighbors. Ed. Bev likes Rocco. In one episode, far too much as she tries to fuck him. I'm not mincing words. That is exactly what it was about to the point the episode was banned because it is an entire episode of Bev trying to seduce Rocco while Rocco understandably does not want to fuck his neighbor's wife. Not that Bev's unattractive. He's just not an asshole. Oh. And if you ever scream cuck at someone again, I will find you and I will haunt you as soon as I'm done done rubbing this dog's belly. Oh, you club boy. Yeah, my dog here with me. That that wasn't hyperbole or some crap I made up just because it was funny, which it was. I do have my dog here. And he is being precious. He's such a good boy. Name's Yoshi. He's a Yorkie poo. He's just the best dog. I had him for a year now. Okay, enough about my dog. I'm sure some of you out there would love to hear me talk for an entire hour about my dog. And I might. Seriously. Comment when I post this on Tumblr if you want to hear an episode about my dog. I probably won't actually do that, but if there's enough. But I'm the internet's full of surprises. Also, feel free to comment about things you want to hear an episode about. After I'm done talking for about 15 minutes about something else or something. But anyways, Evan, Evan Ed Bighead, and then Ed, who was his own sizable character in the show, got several day in the limelights and was basically a satire of the 90s workplace. And he was constantly miserable and constantly a dick to Rocco. And you're your basic setup. He deals with the big heads. Again, at one point, like, their marriage is reconciled at the end, and thankfully this never happens again. There is, like, I do want to reiterate, there's an, like, as you can probably tell, I love this show. I got off track talking about various other great episodes of it, and we'll probably talk about, and really do hope to talk about the show in full at some point. It is really great, and the DVD is only twenty bucks, and I'm not sure. And it's also on VRV, I think. Don't know that for sure, but I'm like pretty sure it is. But like, if you don't want to sign up for that, then the DVD is only twenty bucks. Last time I checked, I will check again as I talk more out the series. It was just really good. It has a lot of good metaphor, and while parts of it are definitely the '90s. It still resonates really well, has fun characters, a lot of jokes, and really came into its own as it went on, especially once it focused more on the cast as a whole. Now that Rocco himself is uninteresting, it's just there's a wide cast of characters. Again, there's a literal doctor or a dentist, if you want to know for sure, though she does just about every job that's required. Like, she's also been a regular medical doctor and what have you. With a literal hook, because Joe Murray said, fuck you. There was a wedding between a tortoise and, and a cat. She is a cat. Okay. 
cat. One episode they go to heck because they can't literally, is it the gag is, they can't say it. They snuck the name Choky Chicken by the censors because the revival was basically Joe Murray wanting to do whatever he want. Nick saying, okay. And then later moving them to Netflix as Nick said, oh crap, we're not getting any ratings out of this. And Netflix is our new sugar daddy. Daddy, let's move. Choky Chicken is back. Like, just... There's a lot to love about the series. Also, the like I could go on and on about it, but for those of you who are just here to hear out the movie, I don't want one, two, I will a little. Like my favorite episode combination, like it's hard to pick one over the other, is the episode where Philbert proposes and deals with Hutchinson's racist mom. Also turns out her dad is a turtle. Who is one of the best characters in the show, despite only appearing. But again, I could go on and on about how great the show is, and I absolutely love it. It's fun. It's goofy as hell, especially the musical episode, which was inspired in part by Joe Murray's late life, who got him to be environmentally conscious in the first place. And it's just really good. It's a good nostalgic ball of fun that was really well done. And I really loved it. Again, I will try and talk about it in full at one point. But one thing about it is they did get things past the radar. Like Ed being a clown was because they couldn't... Because this was the 90s and fuck the 90s at times. I mean, I love the 90s. I grew up in it and... Love a lot of things from it, Rocco included. I just don't like their attitudes towards gay people. Whether I was bi or not, that would be something I'm not really a huge fan of. It's They're kind of stupid and gave us Jack from Will and Grace. Which is the worst part of that show by a long mile. Just... Ugh. But I can bitch about Jack from Will and Grace in another episode. I could bitch about anything I wanted. Yeah, if I wanted to. I'm just trying to make an actual entertaining show here. My point is, doing an episode that's a metaphor for being a closeted homosexual with clowns is not only funny because... You know, clowns. Like, it's a goofy metaphor, but it still works at the end. Everyone accepts. I'm bringing this up for a reason. We'll get to that reason in a second. So, yeah. Nick decided to bring Rocco back for a special, but kept delaying it. Probably because I don't think Arnold the Jungle hey Arnold got the numbers they wanted. I think it got good numbers, but it was mostly from people curious about it. it. didn't really get the kids of today into it like they thought they would. So they can make more specials and thus make more money and the cycle would continue on. Or they could reboot it. Which I'd actually be in favor of. Like, I absolutely love Hey Arnold. I procrastinate on the Jungle movie because I just either forget or I'm stupid like that. And I intend to watch it and review it soon because it's been too fucking long and I really still want to see it. But I love Hey Arnold. I will probably talk about that in the Jungle Movie review. It's hard to talk about a nostalgic revival like this without getting into nostalgia. 
And all, like before I continue into the movie proper, the odd part, I didn't watch Rocco that much as a kid. Mostly because I didn't probably get it. But like I did watch it as a kid. I don't want anyone to think, think I didn't. Not that it matters. Gatekeeping's bullshit. But like I didn't. But I did really want to rewatch it as an adult. I was interested. I read about it on TV tropes and stuff. And I did still fondly remember it from a kid. I just mourned the Rugrats. Yeah, it's because Rugrats appeals more to a kid than an adult. And as an adult, Rugrats annoys me mildly. Still, like, I still can't hate the series. But, like, I could go on about Nickelodeon and stuff, and I'm my focus isn't what it used to be to begin with. So, rather than continue rambling on about stuff that has no meaning to what's going on, let's talk about more about Static Cling. Basically, this was announced way back in 2016, Okay, it's not, or 2015, as I looked up earlier, and it's basically taken three years to get to air today, or to Netflix, which I do hope there's more of this, because it was fucking awesome, and it was worth the wait, even if it was only 45 minutes. Yeah, it's not that long, like, if you're interested in Rocco's Modern Life, but don't want to spend 20 bucks on a DVD set yet, or get VR a free trial of VRV or any of the stuff that allow you to actually watch the rest of the series or just go or watch it somewhere in the depths of the internet. This is if you have a Netflix subscription, this is a great way to try it. Well you won't get all the like there are like cameos from past characters and little gags sprinkled in specifically for fans of the series, but it is like a good slice of Rocco that gets to the heart of it. And that's why I think it's a perfect introduction for both today's kids as the specials marketed to kids of all ages. Yep, it's in it's still available on Prime for Amazon for twenty-two bucks. I'm not shilling for Amazon, it's just it's a little more expensive than I got at Walmart, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was at Walmart sometime soon though to cash in on on uh, static cling. But, like, but still, for, like, 25 bucks, it's a great deal, and it gives you four great seasons of a show. But, yeah, I'm done chilling for Rocco. Let's get back to Static Cling. Static Cling's a 45-minute special that was made for TV and picks up where the series left off, which the final episode after Rocco finally found a girl who liked him, Fate ha decides to be a dick, and the final episode, episode right after that, has him getting launched into space with Phil Burton and Heifer. And the special picks up where we are 20 year, years later, after a brief shot of them, like briefly establishing them getting shot into space, and it's something I like. I may not like had my disagreements with the finale and it does make the finale's flash forward and change it uh, up a bit so the special can happen but I still kind of like it that they stuck to the finale and it makes a more interesting framing plot device as our heroes have been out of culture for 20 years thankfully Philbert's still married and it was something I worried about going in but Nope, he reunites with Dr. Hutchinson off screen. 
Yay. But yeah. Back to the plot. After finding the reentry button in, the, in Filbert's butt, because of course they do, and having a brief argument over the fact they could have gone home any time now, they push the button, Frank, and end up on, on Earth. Earth back in O-Town 20 years later. But the sight of the rocket distracts Ed Bighead for a second, who's finally become a big shot at work, and he accidentally bankrupts Conglomo, the local heartless mega-corporation run by his boss, who has an unfunny gag of constantly picking his nose. I mean, you may find it funny. It's not funny to me, and it's less highbrow, more just you. Like, I'm not that highbrow a guy. I found Filbert and Heifer arguing about it. Heifer's butt for a, and wait for a few seconds, uh, seconds for Rocco scream for them to actually push the button and get them home, to be fucking hilarious. Because I'm a kid at heart. Probably why I haven't moved out of my parents' house. Depression. But back, yeah, back on point to the special. Oh. Now it's up to our heroes to save O-Town by finding a nostalgic buying the crater of the Fatheads, who they know as Ralph Bighead, who I did forget to talk about, but was at the center of one of the best episodes, but I won't talk about for a second and get the show revived while taking jabs at the modern industry, animation industry, having a montage dealing with all the various fads of the 2010s and having Rocco have some future shock and have to both him and Ed have to learn to embrace change and the biggest change of all which was announced with much fanfare may be why some of you are here so let's get to it Ralph is no longer Ralph that's why I said known as Ralph she was a he in the original series but in the 20 years since, after uh, Rachel, after she left on a journey of self-discovery, Ralph became Rachel. Rachel Bighead is now a trans woman, and Ed, being kind of an asshole, has trouble dealing with that, which puts the special in jeopardy. Because, of course, it does. He had trouble with his son, air quotes, you can't see, being a cartoonist, his son being a woman now and probably always have been but it's also like it's a really good storyline like and really spoiling this doesn't really hurt the special as much as i thought like there is impact to the reveal and given it was on entertainment weekly who loves showing for things is clearly more nickelodeon's idea uh, and netflix is too but it's not a bad thing to get it out there that the special has a trans character. And, there's, like, that is something to talk about first. Like, there is a lot to talk about in the special besides, but it's the elephant in the room. The biggest talking point of the special, and I honestly can't talk about Rachel without spoiling it anyway. But, yeah, it came out yesterday in advance of the special that Ralph was now Rachel. And that, like, Joe Murray had this plan from when he went to Nick, because they were interested in it, when he thought of the special. And it, as he said in the interview, it does tie in, the special's about change, about Rocco having to accept it. Though, if you're curious, Rocco, Heifer, and 
and Philbert all have the same reaction I did, which is cool. That's that's neat. Good for you. You, you, woman. Awesome. Like, I love it. I honestly, like, it made me rethink Ed as a character. Or not Ed. It made me think Rachel as a character. And it puts all, and it works. Partly because in the original series, in case you didn't know, though it's helpfully outlined in the special too, flashback of Rachel going away for the last time as Ralph, that Rachel was deeply unhappy as Ralph. Like, I mean, part of it was a creative depression and not really liking the big heads, but... Notably in the special, she suddenly has no problem with the big heads, which I first thought as a in like as an inconsistency, like it was unintentional and whatnot. But it actually works when you think about it this way. She was projecting. And again, I know I talked about but it's a interesting arc to study and a good place to start, so I gotta stop talking to myself in these. That's uh, only episode three. Yeah. Anyways. Rachel may have just been projecting. She may have liked the fat heads and just hated... It may have, or it was probably like Joe Murray, where he just hated working with Nick and having to constantly butt heads with the executives and just all that shit that comes with making a cartoon. And you think it's changed? <laughs> <laughs> no no but yeah well it was back then it now has another layer that's still oh fuck me I'll be right back folks Okay, apparently won't. I have an alarm I set up for work and it is up early today. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have to do some math real quick while I talk about Rachel. But it adds to her art. She wasn't, she might have been unhappy because of the work. She was unhappy as a person truly because... Quite honestly, she wasn't a she back then. There was something inside she just didn't realize. It was different. So, yeah, not. But, yeah, it's a good arc. And it real, like, the character is noticeably happier. She's much happier as Rachel. Sure, she's just selling ice cream out of the back of a truck based on the fat heads but she's happy and while she of course has some emotional distress because her dad is an asshole and there's actually a really powerful moment little moment where Rocco's like he didn't mean that she just sadly turns away and prepare she just sadly because she knows deep down Ed meant it Ed is an asshole not just because he was kind of transphobic to his daughter and it was but because Ed has always been a character who just doesn't accept change. 
But, and I will spoil this, at the end, he does. The episode of Fatheads introduces a baby fathead. And it's based on his memories of her... Sorry, the misgendering. Her memories of being a a baby with her family, which is what ultimately inspired her to bring the show back for a special. And saves O-Town, everyone saved. Etc. And we also see another powerful one afterwards, Ed, who talks Rocco down, because Rocco's still not satisfied because the special was different. It's a little, nice little bit of meta-commentary. I'm sure the same dude bros who who bitched and moaned about Rose Tycho till her actor had to leave fucking Instagram because you're assholes and fuck you are the same kind of people who bitch and moan about Ralph, Ralph becoming Rachel. But it's a really powerful storyline. I mean, I love it. Not much more to say about it. Don't I ship her and Rocco now? What? He deserves to be happy. Ralph wasn't that much older than Rocco when he was a Ralph. She was a Ralph. And her true self and Rocco's heterosexual. I think it'd be cute. Doesn't need to stop misgendering Rachel. It's just, just my brain is weird. It's stupid, and I apologize for it. I sincerely do. But she is a great character, and it made her character even better. Well, I'd also re highly recommend her biggest episode as Ralph Wacky Deli. Yeah, it was a really funny Rocco episode in the source of that I Am the Cheese meme the series is associated with. Yeah, a series about trying to get Rachel's show Fatheads back, which was Rocco's favorite show, because he is not dealing with the twenty uh, with the 21st century well. And about Rocco adapting to change. That could have been done a little better, but it still works, and it, most of the care more for gags. And this special's pretty damn funny. I won't go too much into the gags only because it'd give them away, but it has the series trademark humor. Again, I wish there was more of an emotional current other than Rachel's Rachel's return, but Rachel's return's such a great storyline. It makes up for Rocco's arc not having a lot to it, as well as there's funny gags. Like... The montage of 21st century st stuff is pretty damn funny. Some parts land better than others, but stuff like radioactive, you know, energy drink, slam are really funny. And there's some funny update gags, like Filbert has a blog and is using a little head contraption similar to one he wore in the original series as a smartphone on it to record himself. And the punchline of him revealing at the end that he has five followers and that said followers are his family is both sweet and really damn funny. And really damn relatable given that I run a small this hell podcast cast. <sighs> Alright, I'll just stop depressing myself. But yeah, part of why is that it's really the meat of the special. The Rachel thing's the thing you can pick apart the most. 
posts and link back to all their episodes and makes other episodes come off in another light. As well as make the fact that one title was... <laughs> the fact that the first episode Rachel appeared in, I Have No Son, is now more <laughs> accurate in more ways than one. And yeah, the whole Rachel coming back as trans after a long time is similar to Big Head having to accept his son, air quotes, now was a cartoonist, is repeating old ground, but honestly, it's fine. It's an entirely different reason not to accept her. Or, and it works. Her pain is real, and I'm sure lots of, uh, of trans women and men out there don't get the quiet, get a nice moment of acceptance at the end. I still like that, though, because honestly, I prefer it. Don't get me wrong, realistic trans narrative is fine. Orange is the New Black has one, as does a bunch of other adult media. But it's nice to have that because for some trans people, it's what they probably wish. And I can't speak for the community. But again, I'm getting back to that. But yeah, it's nice to have a... It's the same reason a lot of coming out stories in children's fiction have a lot more happier endings or why Steven Universe is mostly about acceptance because it should be about acceptance should be what we're striving for not hate we should prepare kids for the hate they should feel and whatnot but we shouldn't make them afraid to be who they are in this special is marketed as all ages and I hope that helps at least one little boy or girl realize they were born in the wrong body and makes them accept who, fight for who they are. Or maybe they're a middle schooler. Yeah, maybe it's one of the old fans of the show realizes, I, I know it's a stretch. I do. And I know I'm not speaking her, I'm <laughs> not my own. It's a tricky subject, but... I can hope for that at least. It's a lot to hope for, and it's a reach, and it was just made. But it's I can hope. I can hope it help, or I can hope that if nothing else, it just helps a little to see her accepted for who she is by everyone. Like Ed is literally the only person with a problem with it. Most like the head of Conglomo is just happy she can make him money. And even compliments her shoes. Like, but yeah, it's the biggest part of the story and the best. Like, the clear highlight, even though it comes along. But again, it comes along like the last 20 minutes, like towards the second half of the special. There's a lot more before that, and it's mostly just wacky hijinks as Rocco travels the world to try and get the fatheads back and deals with change. And I wish there was more character development for him. Rachel thing makes up for it. Moving on. Like, honestly, thinking of it, there the other thing to it is the meta-commentary. It's about trying to get a special revival of a... Revival special of a popular show from the past off the ground to make money. It deals with reboots, sloppy reboots, by having the Gecko Brothers 
Two characters who honestly annoyed me more than made me laugh in the original series, and who basically come along for trendy things, like having a bunch of literal computer worms. Again, <laughs> yeah, that makes me smile. Make a half-ass version of the fat heads in CGI. Hopefully this isn't ahead of its time gag on the Animaniacs reboot. And I've seen that with the Garfield show, which had the same producer as Garfield and Friends, but the soul ripped out. Hopefully Nick will do better. Ironically. And yes, Nickelodeon bought Garfield yesterday. Yesterday was... I was not ready for yesterday. It has been a weird week overall. But yeah, getting back on point and about the special, there's a lot of good, like, they don't push it too far, but like, have a, but the jabs at the animation industry, which absolutely needs it, and CGI and whatnot, feel warranted. There's also a jab at like the DCEU, but at this point, those jokes feel played out, and even last year when it was supposed to come out, probably wouldn't have landed. I think it's mostly because at this point, not only the DCU trying to course correct, but dark re and gritty reboots aren't as common. They still happen, but they're slowly being phased out as Marvel continues to make hand over fist piles of money. Uh, money. Like, oh, and Heffer's grandpa, minor character, returns as a ghost. I found that really funny. Mostly because he's like, he gets ran over by Ed, but it's, that's how I introduced to him. And he says, I always do, I'd be killed by a beaver. Me called Brocko a beaver a lot. Which was, I'm guessing, also a double meaning gag about him calling Rocco a vagina. But, yeah, like, just little touches like that. I just... It left me wanting more. Mostly because it was just kind of like not the biggest thing in the world. Or, and, but at the same time, it was a 45-minute special. It told a wonderful trans narrative for all ages. It has brought the characters back better than... Uh, as if they never left without feeling too stale. And at worst, I can say it had a bit too many references to modern culture. Uh, though some were funny, like Spunky's obsession, love affair with a mop from the original series comes back with him watching 10 hours of mops, basically watching mop porn, and then uh, another little callback to that later I won't spoil. Like again, it's hard to talk about simply because it's a comedy special. There's tons of comedy, and on the S, Netflix can be the resting place where 90s nostalgia goes to die. Rocco deserved to come back. Joe Murray had more to say. He told a wonderful trans narrative when he didn't really ha have to. It was something no one, myself was included, was expecting until yesterday, and he handled it like a champ. It's one of the first I can remember, if not the first, in a children's cartoon. There are metaphors and such, like Steven Universe has a few... Versus latest arc is almost entirely an allegory for trans pe uh, uh, transgender people. 
but this is just straight up tackling the is issue of someone coming out to their parents as transgender and coming back as a trans woman. And it's done lovely. It's the thing I talk about most in the special, because really, overall, special's just a zany, quick return to form. It's outside of the... The Rachel arc really just a big slice of cheesecake with a good message that we can't live in the past. We have to move forward and change can be scary and the past can be inviting. Like Big Head gives the moral at the end, which is another thing to talk about. Really good moral. We can't live in the past. You can love the past, acknowledge it was great. Great, you can like the things of the past, but you can't just hold on and hope things stay the same way. In fact, a lot of revivals that come back that are just the same shit aren't that interesting. Well, and Grace came back about that way. You know, so I have a few episodes that's kind of boring. Well, Roseanne did... Roseanne, of all things, especially giving one a vile piece of shit and through the now as the Connors without that vile ogre at the front came back and said some new things with a new coat of paint like Rocco here did. You can't... To quote a tagline for BoJack Horsemell things, don't look back, you're not going that way. Nostalgia is great. I, again, nostalgically gushed about Rocco's Modern Life for about 15 minutes of this episode. So I'm not blameless. But it's not the be-all, end-all, and it's something we gotta know in this time. Yes, there will be shitty reboots and shitty Disney live-action remakes. That's something we really have no control over. Nostalgia can be used for quick money money, and can be used badly. But as the special shows, it can be used good. Again, Joe Murray didn't have to do a trans, trans storyline. He himself is not trans. He is under no obligation. He is under no obligation to the trans community. But that's what makes it special. He had no reason to insult... And to take such a uh, such a huge risk that Nick would say no to it and the special wouldn't happen. And, like, he absolutely made that an ultimatum. And Nick is being very LGBTQ friendly, as seen with the Sam and Luna arc on Loud House. I really love them, by the way. Great storyline, but... Like, he took our, he went to bat, bat for the storyline, won, and even if it took a while to come out, it's here. Rachel, old transgender, get used to it. It's an, it's beautiful that he did this. And I know I keep coming back to that. But it's also at the heart that change isn't bad. As I outlined, making Rachel... Well, a trans woman shed light on the other two episodes with her back when she was tr her still presenting as male. Change can be really good. 
as I said, with Roseanne getting rid of Roseanne and getting rid of the toxic amounts of hate and Trump support she had the person accumulated and the change into an absolute from a from a decent if decent loudmouth to an obnoxious egotistical tyrant to a racist sexist tyrant full of bullshit. Sometimes change is bad, but it can be good. By getting rid of her, they basically were able to take the best parts of what made the revival work and make Roseanne into something amazing. And once again, that's really what change is. I mean, to be honest, I've been kind of scared lately because we're in a new era of animation, basically. Sure, some shows are still around. Steven Universe, Teen Titans Go... Oh, Loud House, which is kind of in the middle at four seasons of being in both generations. But a lot of shows have been leaving. Okay, KO's been canceled, even if it's going to have a definitive ending and they gave them a third season to wrap everything up. It's still gone. It's still not coming back. And I'm still going to have to deal with that. Infinity Train is here, but only for a short while. While Bojack Horseman can't last forever, another hold over. It's a season of change for animation, and it's nice, even if just for 45 minutes, to have a piece of its long past back and doing something bold new. And I would hope for more specials or a short revival miniseries. I don't know if Joe Murray's interested in either of those, but I'd hope so. If not, even just a whole new show. I'd be interested to see what he has to say about the 20th century after this. You know, it shows he's still got his comedy shops while being able to cover difficult well, uh, subjects. Certainly better than me. I fumble my ass through this. This. But I respect and love what he's done here. And yeah, I talk more about the trans narrative. The laughs are on point. I just don't want to spoil them all. There's also great satirization on the news media and stuff. And it just, it's really damn funny. It's a really heartfelt second half. And it's just worth the watch. It's only about a little under, uh, under an hour. I had, as you can probably tell, the highest recommendation. But as I was saying, change isn't bad. I mean, yeah, we've been, as I was getting to before I got off track again. We're entering a new age of animation. And with shows like Infinity Train, as briefly as it's here, here, 12 Forever, as briefly as it lasted, Tuca and Birdie, and stuff that is going to last, Amphibia, which will have at least three seasons, it seems like, like, and has been planned for that. The DuckTales reboot's still going strong. And that itself is something from the past reworked into the future. And a great you know, example of how you do a fucking reboot. Big City Greens. <laughs> Craig of the Creek. Uh, Mau Mau Defenders of Pure Heart. For even what little I've seen DC Superhero Girls Forever is really damn good. So yeah. 
And some things came back, like Young Justice came back, thankfully. It's a new age. And I'm pretty excited about it, and I hope Rocco can be part of it. Because sometimes, in an age of thing, you need something old to move forward, remind you that it was still great, while showing you what it can do now. And I hope to see more of this, and more Nick... More specials. I mean, if the special does well through the bullshit algorithm, um, um, so see the special. If you like it, spread it around. Hopefully, we'll get more of this. And for those of you curious, as I get to the end of this episode, yeah, even if I wasn't the biggest Zim fan as a kid and as an adult, I've ended a bit too cruel. I will be reviewing Enter the Florpus because, well. Why not? 75, it's a bit longer than this was, but it looks interesting, and I did like parts of Invader Zim. I just didn't like it, like the Kafka comedy at times. But a lot of the dark comedy is really funny, and I look forward to, forward to it. Yeah. So I'll be reviewing that, and infin that in a few weeks. Infinity Train coming up. Coming up up soon and some other stuff i'll be seeing once upon a time in hollywood hopefully tonight and not sometime soon so look forward to that to me uh, me spitting uh, spewing hatred at emile hirsch and praise at luke perry in equal volumes i love you all three thousand uh, thousand thousand until next time, courage.